A reading from the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Brothers, your attitude must be that of Christ. Though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men. He was known to be of human estate, and it was thus that he humbled himself, obediently accepting even death, death on a cross. Because of this, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every other name, so that at Jesus' name, every knee must bend in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth, and every tongue proclaim to the glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ is Lord. The word of the Lord. The name of the Lord shall be blessed forever. Praise, you servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, both now and forever. From the rising to the setting of the sun is the name of the Lord to be praised. High above all nations is the Lord. Above the heavens is his glory. The name of the Lord shall be Who is like the Lord, our God? who is enthroned on high and looks upon the heavens and the earth below. He raises up the lowly from the dust. From the dunghill he lifts up the poor to seat them with princes, with the princes of his own people. Dominus Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Mateu. When Mary, the mother of Jesus, was engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, an upright man unwilling to expose her to the law, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention, 
when suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream and said to him, Joseph, son of David, have no fear about taking Mary as your wife. It is by the Holy Spirit that she has conceived this child. She is to have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this happened to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin shall be with child and give birth to a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, a name which means God is with us. Bebum Domini. There was a movie released in 1996 called The Crucible, and it's based on the play of the same name written by Arthur Miller in 1953. And the film is set in 1692 during the infamous Salem Witch Trials. And in a dramatic, memorable scene towards the end of the movie, the main character, John Proctor, portrayed by Daniel Day-Lewis, is forced to sign a confession stating that he had practiced witchcraft so that he might save himself from being hanged, even though such a confession would be a lie. He had never practiced witchcraft. And at first, John signs the document, but then he refuses to hand it over to the judge. And he appeals to the judge saying that his confession and repentance should be sufficient and that it should not be necessary to affix the document to the door of the church. And when the judge demands a reason from John for not handing over the confession, he cries out, because it is my name, because I cannot have another in my, li in my life, because I lie inside myself to lies. In other words, even though John might save his life from execution by signing a false confession, he would have to live the rest of his life with a ruined name. Not only would he be known as a witch, but he would also save his own life by lying while others are being put to death for refusing to confess to something they did not do. And so his name would have been trampled through the dust. And this scene from the crucible helps to illustrate the importance of a name. Today, the church celebrates the feast of the holy name of Jesus a feast that is especially dear to Franciscans. And in the United States, names that are given to children usually do not have the same significance as in other times in history or in other cultures. Nowadays, a person is often given a name simply because it is the parent's preference or it's you know, a name that the parents really like. However, in ancient times, especially in the scriptures, a person's name signified their dignity, their identity, a, a personality trait, a particular event, or even their mission. The name Abram, whose name means exalted father, is changed to Abraham, which means father of many nations. And this reflects the covenantal promise that God makes to him that his descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. Abraham's son is named Isaac, which means he laughs. And this is a reminder to Abraham and Sarah 
that they had left when they heard God's promise to give them a son in their old age. The name Jesus comes from the Greek version of the Hebrew name Yeshua or Joshua, which means Yahweh saves. And since Jesus is the Son of God incarnate, his name perfectly signifies his mission. There is no other name that is holier than than the name of Jesus. His name is most holy. And the Franciscan saint Bernardine of Siena preached eloquently about the holy name of Jesus. He says in one of his works, glorious name, gracious name, name of love and of power. Through you, sins are forgiven. Through you, enemies are vanquished. Through you, the sick are freed from their illness. Through you, those suffering and trials are made strong and cheerful. You bring honor to those who believe. You teach those who preach. You give strength to the toiler. You sustain the weary. Our love for you is ardent and glowing. Our prayers are heard. The souls of those who contemplate you are filled to overflowing. And all the blessed in heaven are filled with your glory. Sweet Jesus, grant that with them we too may reign through this, your most holy name. And it's no wonder that we as Christians hold the name of Jesus with such reverence, awe, and respect. The name of Jesus is not a mere word like any other word. It is a word that carries with it an awesome power and signifies our gracious Lord and Savior. This name should always be held with the highest esteem and love, especially as the name of God was held in such honor and respect among the ancient Israelites. There should never be anything evil associated with the name of Jesus. And when the name of Jesus is spoken, it should not lead to feelings of anxiety, dread, or cursing, but rather, if anything, it should inspire feelings of love, reverence, and peace. And it's for this reason that the second commandment of the Decalogue is so crucial. We do not take the name of of God or the name of Jesus in vain because these names are so holy and are deserving of our utmost respect. As the name of John Proctor in the movie, The Crucible, signifies the person and his reputation, so the name of Jesus signifies the person who has come to save his people from their sins. As the Catechism teaches in paragraphs 2143 and 2144, The gift of a name belongs to the order of trust and intimacy. The Lord's name is holy. For this reason, man must not abuse it. He must keep it in mind in silent, loving adoration. He will not introduce it into his own speech except to bless, praise, and glorify it. Respect for his name is an expression of the respect owed to the mystery of God himself and to the whole sacred reality it it evokes. The sense of the sacred is part of the virtue of religion. And unfortunately, many of us do not often have such respect for the name of Jesus. We can be quite careless and callous in using his holy name, which then becomes a source of scandal for other people. And while it is indeed disrespectful to use God's name or the name of Jesus as a curse word, and we should do our best to stop doing so if we have developed this habit, uh, 
There are even worse ways that we can abuse God's name. For instance, making a promise using God's name and then failing to fulfill that promise reflects poorly upon God and associates his holy name with a lie. The Catechism speaks of the sin of blasphemy as being manifested, quote, in uttering against God, inwardly or outwardly, words of hatred, reproach, or defiance, in speaking ill of God, in failing in respect toward him in one speech, in misusing God's name. St. James condemns those who blaspheme that honorable name of Jesus by which you are called. The prohibition of blasphemy extends to language against Christ's church, the saints, and sacred things. It is also blasphemous to make use of God's name to cover up criminal practices, to reduce peoples to servitude, to torture persons or put them to death. The misuse of God's name to commit a crime can provoke others to repudiate religion. Blasphemy is contrary to the respect due God and his holy name. It is in itself a grave sin. And not only is it gravely sinful to speak against God's name or the name of Jesus, but it is also sinful to do what is wrong in their name. And this should make us more hesitant to boast of being faithful Christians, especially when our words or our behavior fall short of being worthy of the name of Christian. If we mistreat or abuse other people while calling ourselves Christians or followers of Christ, we then leave a bad taste in their mouths and prevent them from coming to Christ, the source of their salvation. If we are going to take the name of Jesus upon our lips and claim to be good Christians or faithful Christians, then we had better be doing everything in our power to act accordingly. And so on this feast of the holy name of Jesus, let us renew our commitments to keeping the Lord's name in the greatest honor and respect by striving to love God and to love our neighbor, to not bear false witness to God's holy name. If we confess the name of Jesus with our lips, then it should also be evident through our words and our actions that we truly believe. We should remind ourselves every day of the sanctity of this name and take delight in it. Just as St. Francis of Assisi, when sometimes he would utter the name of Jesus, he would lick his lips as if he had just tasted something sweet. And so by preserving the holiness of the name of Jesus in our minds and hearts, we can more effectively proclaim the power of this name to the world and overcome the works of the evil one.